Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities, and it's provided in collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County. Today, our host, Lotta Murdy, speaks with guests from Meals That Connect. They'll discuss the impact of Meals That Connect on seniors and the community, and how individuals can get involved, volunteer, or donate. We invite you to listen, learn, and participate in our conversation today, Thursday, between 1 and 2 p.m. You can call in and be part of the discussion today at 805-781-3872, or you can email your questions to voices at kcbx.org. And now let's join Lotta and her guests. Over to you, Lotta. Thank you, Brad. It's funny how things work out sometimes. My family and I are members of Unitarian Universalists San Luis Obispo, but we don't make it to Sunday service regularly because we live in Santa Maria Orchid. We happened to make it this past to this past Sunday's service, though. And who was the second Sunday of the month speaker? Emily Donovan, head of creative marketing for Meals That Connect. And serendipity would have it that four days later, I am here with three other members of Meals That Connect San Luis Obispo. With me today are Brandy Pewitt, Resource Manager for Meals That Connect Slow, Wendy Fershneider, Program Nutritionist for Meals That Connect Slow, and also Meals That Connect volunteer Laura Kirshner. Thank you for being here today, Brandy, Wendy, and Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Wendy, Meals That Connect is the Senior Nutrition Program of San Luis Obispo County. Please tell us what that means. Well, it starts at the federal level, actually. The Older Americans Act was passed back in the 60s, and then it was funded in the 70s, and it was uh, money comes from the federal government to the states. The states send it out to the area agencies on aging. Uh, ours is in Santa Maria, and it oversees Santa Barbara County and San Luis Obispo County. And it's mandated that meals be provided to people 60 and older. We're really two programs. We have a dining room program where seniors come together at noon, Monday through Friday, and eat in the dining room together. And then we have the home-delivered meal program and that's where we deliver meals to the homebound. You have to actually be homebound, not just – it's not a convenience. It's for people who cannot provide meals for themselves at home as long as they're over 60. So that's the basis of the program. Um, we've been in existence in some similar form since the early 80s with some of the staff starting in the early 80s that are still with us. We incorporated as our own nonprofit in 1991 – and we've been in three kitchens, and we're currently up at the health campus in the old General Hospital kitchen in the teeny tiny office, which is the perfect representation, the nonprofit lifestyle. <laughs> so is Senior Nutrition Program officially part of your name, Brandy? It is. Our, our actual name is Senior Nutrition Program, doing business as Mills at Connect. Um, we worked with Verdon Marketing um, part of their out-of-the-box program where they offered free um, 24 hours kind of rebranding us as a donation. And so with that, we know it's more than just a meal. And so adding the connect piece was um, to kind of help the community understand the work that we do. And when did that happen? So that happened in 2016. 
And what was your name before that? So Senior Nutrition Program of San Luis Obispo. So I I admit that I would keep confusing Meals That Connect with Meals on Wheels. And I found out from Emily Donovan, Meals That Connect's head of creative marketing, that this is a common confusion. What is the difference between Meals That Connect and Meals on Wheels? So locally, we do have Meals on Wheels um, in Pismo Beach, South County area. Um, which is is great. Um, they do offer meals um, to individuals who are not just necessarily seniors. Our program is different because, as Wendy said, um, it's tied in with our area of agency of aging um, funding, and with that funding comes some requirements, such as nutritional requirements. Um, we do a lot of um, work with just wellness checks, assessments, um, home visits, um, and so... With that, there's more than just the meal, but also the connection piece, and then also um, nutritional education. And so it's a pretty well-rounded program to support our seniors in our community. So do you refer the seniors to other programs and organizations as needed? So we can refer them if they don't quite fit within the requirements of the federal grant that we have. Um, And I also just want to kind of note, too, that that funding really covers 30% of our costs. So we do have to do a lot of fundraising, um, events, and and grant writing to kind of make up the difference there. Um, But yes, if if somebody doesn't fit into our program, then we can refer out or other referral sources refer to us as well. What have been some of your fundraising efforts? So um, I've been with Meals at Connect since April. Um, But prior to me being part of the organization, our biggest event was the Night of a Million Meals. Um, That was our annual large banquet. Um, With the pandemic, you know, events have kind of changed a little bit. And so recently we actually did a pickleball tournament up in North County. And we had 60 individuals um, participate in this pickleball tournament. Um, We raised close to $50,000. And it was a great way to get our name out there in the community and just kind of meet some um, additional supporters in the community as well. And you spoke about that on another KCVX program, didn't you? on the nonprofit story, yes. Wonderful. So I saw on the Meals That Connect website where there's a great timeline of the program's history that Meals That Connect started in 1991 as the Slow Senior Nutrition Program, or SNP. But uh, we were talking before the show started, and it seems like it's actually earlier than that. In 1991? Correct. So the the program, um, and Wendy, if you want to speak to the history of of that. um. Yeah, the the Older Americans Act, who gives money to the state and the area agencies on aging, they mandate that every county have a meal program. And so it was running – I only go back – my knowledge of it goes back to the early 80s and was run by another nonprofit and then – uh, the AAA, the Area Agency on Aging, they ran the program directly for a few years when myself and our kitchen manager were hired. And they're not supposed to do that for a length of time. It was a stopgap measure till they could find another nonprofit. They actually helped us create a board and incorporate a brand new nonprofit. But the same staff and program was in place. We just incorporated it as our own nonprofit with our own board. So we've been, some of us, with the program for 
35 to 40 years, and many, many of our staff are long, long-time staff. So, Laura, I'd like to hear from you as well. What drew you to the organization Meals That Connect? Well, I believe it was April 2020, the lockdown, shutdown with COVID, and I, I wanted to feel useful. So, and having been through the, um, work, my own elderly parents and all needing to get nutritious meals to them, I saw actually a little ad on Facebook, and I responded and got hired, trained and hired, and it was just, it was really interesting during that time, some of the seniors in the mobile home park where I deliver were were literally terrified because of the COVID epidemic. And so, you know, we had to take precautions, you know, with gloves and this and that, and we'd slip the meals in through their doors or they'd leave a bag on the outside. But it was, it's been really fulfilling to me to provide that nutrition and the connection with people who are living alone in our community who are elderly or disabled. So you've been with the program now for three years? Yeah, years? three and a half three years, and a half I think. Years. Yeah, I love it. How about you, Brandy? How long is So I've been with the program since April. Um, I'm new to the position, and um, as resource manager, my role is really to kind of bring the um, financial donations and in-kind support from community members um, so that we're able to do the work that we're able to do. And Laura, I just want to thank you for your service. So we rely on over 400 volunteers a year to help deliver these meals and help with our program, which is about 22,000 hours a year that our volunteers provide us. Um, without them, we would not be able to do our program. And what drew you to the organization? So I've been involved with a few different nonprofits in the last 20 years, and I was just really impressed by the operations. Um, you know, as Wendy mentioned, we're working out of the, the old General Hospital kitchen. Um, clearly, the funding goes to the program and to the services and to support our seniors. I was amazed by the fact that annually we provide close to 200,000 meals and how we um, impact each of our communities within San Luis Obispo, um, and also just having that connection with wanting to support our aging population as well um, also drew me in to the so organization. For those of us not familiar, where is the old general hospital? Is that the slow general hospital? Yes. So um, it's off of Johnson where the health agency is um, today. And actually, I feel a connection to the location because I had my oldest daughter at general hospital. She was one of the last babies born there. And so we're literally working out of a kitchen that was probably built in, I don't know, Wendy, the 40s. Or, or, or earlier. Yeah. <laughs> or earlier. And so but it's nice to be on that campus. We're right there by, you know, behavioral health. There's other, you know, services there as well. Um, and so that is our main operation. And then we have eight dining sites throughout the county, Paso, Atascadero, uh, Cambria, Morro Bay, Los Osos, um, San Luis Obispo, um, Napoma, and Oceano. And so from our main hub and slow, we have our drivers that just kind of um, transport those meals to each site. And then each dining site manager at that location works with volunteers to distribute those meals and then also provide that congregate dining for our seniors that can make it to our dining sites. 
but 85% of our clients are homebound. So most of our meals are going to our homebound seniors. Well, that's quite a network you have throughout the county. Yes, and we're always in need of building those community partnerships. We're really trying to work with businesses to hopefully adopt a route. Um, it's a great way if you have a volunteer program and you want to get involved with the community. Um, an example would be Community West Bank in San Luis Obispo has a route um, on a regular basis that, that they and their, their team um, deliver. And so, like I said, without that support of volunteers and community members, um, we wouldn't be able to provide these services. Wendy, what drew you to the organization? I do not have an inspiring story. <laughs> I finished school. I'd been in school for six or seven years. I needed a job. There was a recession in 1982. I was offered a job at this similar program in Stockton. I actually said no. Then I had a cup of coffee and said, I'm tired of looking for a job. <laughs> so I took the job with the same program in Stockton. So my advice to students when I speak to nutrition students is beware what job you take out of school you may be doing it 40 years later. <laughs> but I love it because community nutrition, in, as dietitians, you can work in clinical nutrition in a hospital or private practice counseling people or community nutrition. And I always wanted to do community nutrition because you're working with generally a healthy population. They're not sick in bed. They don't want to hear your advice when you're in a hospital bed. But these are people independently living and you're providing a service and you're working in the community. Over the years, I've loved all the community partnerships with United Way and the cities and the counties and all the other nonprofits that you work with as a community program. So not a glorious beginning, but I never regretted it. That's why I'm still here. I think it's still a, a story worth telling, and and you are telling it to students. That's great. I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. My guests today are Laura Kirshner, a volunteer with Meals That Connect Senior Nutrition Program of San Luis Obispo, and Brandy Pewitt, Resource Manager for Meals That Connect, Slow, and also Wendy Fershneider, Program Dietitian for Meals That Connect, Slow. We are talking about the organization's 32-plus year history of providing meals to seniors of San Luis Obispo County. Listeners, what would you like to know about Meals That Connect? Please call and tell us. Call 805-781-3875, or you can email questions to voices at kcbx.org. So I'm sure over the time that you've all been with Meals That Connect, um, you have stories um, and experiences uh, that you'll never forget. Can you talk about some of those stories or some of the relationships encounter and encounters you've had? Well, I, I guess I want to refer to a really fun time we had this week. Um, have a client living in the local mobile home park, and um, she's actually she's enduring her third round of breast cancer and treatments and I've made a great connection with this woman she's fun she's interesting and definitely going through a hard time in her life so 
Um, we chat. I hear about the other volunteers who come on the days that I'm not there. I, I knew them by name, had never met them. Anyway, we threw together a little luncheon in my home, and I got to meet the other volunteers who were delightful for the first time. And then somehow talked, connected with Brandy. She came by. We had just such a fun afternoon of visiting, connecting, eating, laughing. And I just, I can't really express more how the whole connection part of this job, it just, it fills me up. And it's just, I urge anyone who's interested in volunteering to call, please, because it's, it's just, it's really fun. It's really meaningful. And how can they call? Where can they find that number? So there's information on our website, millsatconnect.org, if you're interested in volunteering. Um, we're also recruiting um, a few positions right now. We're recruiting a site manager up in Cambria and some support in our kitchen. Um, but the number you can call is 805-441-3312. Great. And Brandy, do you have a, a memory you'd like to share? Certainly, I'm actually um, in the office most of the time, but on occasion, I help out with a route or two. Um, So always interesting, the individuals that I meet um, on the routes there. Um, I met a woman who actually worked for a nonprofit and provided meals to other individuals in San Diego. And she was so grateful for our program because of her arthritis and other health issues. She's unable to shop for herself or prepare her own meals. Um, I did a route up in Atascadero a few weeks ago, and it took me two hours because I had a hard time <laughs> saying, <laughs> not chatting with everybody and getting to know everybody. But I met a woman who grew up with my dad in Avila. Um, I met another woman who comes from the nonprofit world. And one thing is that people are so grateful for this service, and they're delighted to see us. A lot of them get dressed up. Um, yeah. You know, we might be the only connection they make that day. And so um, it really pulls on the heartstrings and really reminds me why, you know, we're doing this work in the community. So what percentage of Slow County's population are seniors? So the newest number is um, about um, 25% are 55 and older. Our services are those for who are in their 60s. And as we know, our population is going to continue to age. But um, 20% of our population is 60 and older, and that's higher than the state average. Wow. Wow. What's the state average? Do you know? I I don't know that by heart. Um, I just remember looking at the numbers and being, you know, and and again, we're a retirement community, so that does make sense. Um, But as we know that our services are going to be more in demand as our population continues to age. And so, Wendy, you've been with the organization since 1982? 1988. Mm -hmm. So what have been some of your most memorable moments? Well, I've worked in every capacity um, at the agency. And the first memorable moment was my second day on the job. The director took me to the kitchen in Pismo Beach to introduce me to the cook. I told the cook I'm coming down tomorrow so I can watch operations because I have to write the menus. I need to know what your limitations and strengths are here. So I showed up at 6 a.m. the next day, my second day on the job, and he walked in and he said, I quit. 
So I luckily had some experience cooking at Cal Poly for uh, quantity cookery, and so I cooked the meal that day. But I we served dessert back then, and we had a fruit jello. I boiled the jello over all over the stove. That was my first memorable experience. Um, I was executive director for two years. That was very memorable. Um, I found out I'm not really cut out for that type of pressure. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're going to focus on this later, but the connection part was mentioned. And we are like a safety check. So many family members that refer their parents are so grateful because they live out of town and they just want to know that somebody sees their parent every day and that they're okay. And that is a critical part of our program. We instruct our volunteers they may not leave a meal without seeing the person unless the person has told us they're going to be gone um, we can leave a meal in a refrigerator only, or we go in and we make sure we see them. So we know they're okay every day. And every day includes weekends, holidays. So we provide um, Monday through Friday, but mm-hmm. then also on Friday we deliver um, frozen lunches that they can have throughout the weekend as well. Um, but Wendy, you, did you you had a personal story too, right? If If you're a volunteer long enough, you will have – well, I won't say you will have, but there's a chance that you may find somebody who has fallen or needs some help. And we train our volunteers, you know, to call 911 if necessary, let the site manager know that they're delayed on their route and to stay with the person. But there was one – it was a Thursday and Christmas – we were closed Friday for Christmas Eve, and we were delivering frozen meals for the weekend. I was executive director at the time. The site manager in Slow called at like 1 or 2 o'clock. Everybody was going home early because we were closed for the three-day weekend. She didn't want to follow up, but she said the driver said this woman didn't answer the door and that that was very unusual. And I said, well, I'll go by because it was in Slow. She, she couldn't really do it. I went by, and I peeked in all the windows and I could see her lying on the floor. So I called 911, and the fire department came, and they found a way to get into her house and took her to the hospital. Happy ending. She wasn't seriously injured, but she had already been laying there 24 hours. Wow. And if we had gone to our three-day weekend for Christmas, I shudder to think. So we always ask our volunteers to tell the site manager if there is anything that's not right when they go to deliver meals. So it's not just meals that connect, it's meals that save lives. Yes. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's not isolated. Longtime volunteers can tell similar stories. Yeah. Laura, have you had a similar experience? Oh, I've, I've had a couple, you know, times when I've ended up contacting relatives from out of town because my, my lady wasn't quite – she was a little sleepy that day. Another time I – opened the door and my client had a scraped up face and she said oh I go oh what happened oh I'm fine I just got off the train last night from visiting my sister and I fell over my suitcase well she's in her 90s her face is scraped up she lives all alone and so I did call the emergency number got her brother and sister-in-law and they said thank you so much we'll be right over so I I feel like that would have gone unseen, untreated, you know, if I hadn't spoken up and called. And then, of course, when I go back to site, I let my boss know, you know, that this is going on. So then there's another 
check-in for that person. How many clients do you have? Right now, I'm down to eight. At one time, I had 18. But the thing is, it still takes me two hours like Brandy because (laughs) I talk too much. But I hear a lot of really good stories, too. And it is the highlight of my week. And that's just one route. Yes. Yes. So... Um, and, and again, I want to just um, anybody that is interested in volunteering, um, they can call our main office at 805-541-3312. I wanted to jump on what Laura said about uh, she tells the site manager if there's anything suspicious or noteworthy. I am always amazed when I go and visit our site managers. Some of them have 125 clients. They know those clients so well. The driver comes back and says something, and they'll say, yes, that's normal for her, or no, that's not normal for her. They know everything. They know the family members. They know all their idiosyncrasies. And because they have regular communication and regular reports from the volunteers, they know those people. They're like their family. So one volunteer can have 125 clients? The site manager has 125. Uh They might have 10 drivers each doing you know, 12 meals. But it's the site manager that coordinates that region, like Oceano, Napomo, Paso Robles, or whatever. I want to note, too, that our staff and volunteers are mandated reporters. So we work closely with Adult Productive Services, um, just as Wendy mentioned, in doing those wellness checks and then reporting any concerns that we have. So, Laura, walk us through one of your volunteer shifts. So are you going to... the the general hospital or the old general hospital and picking up the meals? Well, now we pick up at the UCC, UCC Church on Los Osos Valley Road. So the first thing, though, that I have to do is get my little dog, Blondie, in the car because she is requested by most of my clients. She's very popular on my route. So Blondie and I pick up the meals and we drive over to the mobile home park and I unload, so I've got a a tray full of a wonderful, yummy-looking lunch, and then I've got a bag of fruit, and some people have milk, et cetera. So, and I, I start with my first client and just run through the park, and I've, I've got all ages from late 60s to middle 90s, and I'm usually offered fresh fruit off the fruit trees and a really good story or two. And then I take everything back to the UCC. And honestly, I could get the route done in an hour and a half. But again, I'm really into the connecting part. It does me good too. And I really like spending time with these amazing individuals who are living alone in their homes. And what was the training like? Um, I know I sat down with the site manager at the time and then it was in the Anderson Hotel and you know she went through all the regulations and protocol and the reporting and um, it it was not hard but informative. We are going to take a short break to hear from our studio. Over to you Brad.
And we will return to Central Coast Voices in just a couple of moments. Brad Kyle here with this item. Grassroots 2 will provide its annual community Thanksgiving dinner at the San Luis Obispo Elks Lodge on Wednesday, November 22nd. And KCBX is collecting items for the dinner. You can come to our studios through 4 o'clock on Tuesday, November 21st, and you can drop off Thanksgiving food, beverages, supplies, and monetary donations. There is a barrel next to our front door at 4100 Vachel Lane in San Luis Obispo. Just ring our doorbell if you've got refrigerator items. Grassroots 2 is also in need of volunteers to help prepare and serve food, decorate, deliver meals to homebound people, and more. If you would like to help, you can call them at 805-544-2333. On the next Fresh Air, China's President Xi Jinping has become more autocratic, more hostile to the U.S., more friendly with Vladimir Putin, and reversed China's course from progress to stagnation. What does this mean for China and the U.S.? We'll talk with New Yorker staff writer Evan Osnos, who will also share his impressions of Xi's meeting with Biden. Join us. For those in the market for a new car, the sticker price on EVs can be kind of shocking. A lot of consumers are interested in electrified vehicles, but maybe not ready to take the full step towards EVs. I'm Kai Rizdal taking the hybrid high road next time on Marketplace. And that is ahead today on our Thursday here on KCBX. Latina USA coming up from 2 to 3, followed by Fresh Air at th- from 3 to 4. Then it's Marketplace at 4. Right now, let's return to Lada Murdy and her guests on Central Coast Voices. Back to you, Lada. Welcome back to Central Coast Voices. I am today's host, Lada Murti, and I am on with Brandy Pewitt, Resource Manager for Meals That Connect San Luis Obispo, also Meals That Connect Volunteer Laura Kirshner, and Meals That Connect Program Dietitian Wendy Schneider. And we are talking about not just the senior nutrition programs that Meals That Connect Slow offers, but also the memorable experiences that it makes happen. Listeners, have any of you volunteered with Meals That Connect San Luis Obispo? Call 805-781-3875 or you can email questions and comments to voices at kcbx.org and we will get them on the air. So before the break, we were talking about how to get involved with Meals That Connect Slow as a volunteer, uh, what that volunteer um, involvement entails. Um, You'd given a phone number, Brandy, but can potential volunteers also sign up online? Correct. So um, please visit our website, mealsatconnect.org. There's information there about how you can sign up as a volunteer. Um, There's information on there as well about – if you wanted to host a fundraiser, um, we're kind of in our fundraising season right now, the end of the year giving. And so we have a real big push, push for dono- donations right now to kind of make ends meet so we can continue these services. Um, since COVID, our food costs have gone up 40%. Transportation costs have gone up 75%. Um, and so your support is needed more than ever. And what about if you are a senior, 60 years of age or older, and you need a meal. Can you also sign up online? You can sign up online as well. There's information about our meal program there. You can also call our main office, 805-541-3312. 
And that website is mealsthatconnect.org. So let's talk about the food. Um, what is what is a standard meal like or what's one of the favorite meals? Well, I can talk about the food because uh, the kitchen manager and, and myself work together writing a menu. And a lot of meal programs use what they call a, a cycle menu, but we don't do a cycle menu. We write a new menu every month. That doesn't mean it's 30, uh, 20 new items every month, but we mix and match them differently, and we have seasonal variations. We love writing menus in the summer because we can have strawberries and melons, and in August and September and October, we can have fresh tomatoes. Then we're into the winter months when we're kind of stuck with bananas, oranges, and apples for fresh fruits and vegetables. But our meals are dictated by a, a federal and a state uh, guidelines based on the Dietary Guidelines for Americans and the Older Americans Act. I could talk all day about it, but I'll keep it brief. We have a, a component system. We serve an entree that has to include uh, about two ounces of protein, which is sounds like a very small portion, but it's completely adequate. Um, there's a half a cup of a, a grain, which would be a pasta, a rice, a bread, a cracker. And we try to do at least more than half of those as whole grains. We have to have two servings of vegetables. That could be a hot-cooked vegetable like broccoli or cauliflower. It includes fresh-made coleslaw or fresh-made carrot salad. We serve romaine salads. Um, so two of those every day. And then a half a cup of fruit. We offer 1% milk for those who don't want milk. We we have a little calcium supplement uh, that they can make. It's it's like a Kool-Aid drink, It's um, but it's a calcium supplement. So it is a standard menu. Uh, some people ask about special diets. We don't particularly provide special diets, but I'm always happy to talk to people. Somebody with diabetes or high blood pressure could eat our meals. Uh, they need to know what they should and shouldn't eat, but our meals are relatively low in sodium. We have sodium limits. We do nutrient analysis. I can tell people the average calories, sodium, protein, iron, fiber, vitamin C, vitamin A. I, I have that information, and um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. What about cultural or faith-based dietary requirements? Are you able to accommodate those or – we don't do kosher, and we don't do vegetarian or vegan, though being a vegan, I wish we could. It's a long story about why that would be difficult. My goal, our goal is always to provide what is popular uh, in this population, and that's changed over my 40 years. I mean, because who was once 20 is now 60, speaking for myself. So what the 60-year-old 40 years ago had a different dietary preference than today um, we don't have religious um, meals either. We're in one kitchen where one, two cooks mm -hmm. are preparing 800 meals. Wow. So th they're not prepared on an individual one-by-one -one basis. We prepare food in bulk. We send it to the sites in hotel pans where they dish it up into the trays. So there's not a lot of individualization that can happen. Laura. But can I say there's some favorites? That mm -hmm. carrot salad, I see the eyes light up. Ooh, I love that carrot salad. Then there's the taco salad, I think, that comes on Fridays. And um, an Asian noodle salad, too, that I think right. has some chicken in it. And I'll hear, oh, I like that one. But honestly, I'll hear for a week or two when there's a holiday menu, and I'm already hearing about the Thanksgiving 
the turkey and pie that's coming next Wednesday, and mm-hmm. it's just a highlight yeah. for my friends. We, we're required to gather input about our meals, and we have a project advisory council, and we try to have representatives from every site, including drivers that get input from the clients, and they tell us what they like and don't like. We also do an annual survey where they can list what they don't like and what they like. Um, two, uh, one surprising thing that came out of those two um, bits of information, both the survey and the Project Advisory Council. We, in the summer, we serve a salad luncheon every Friday. We have chicken salad, taco salad, many different kinds of salad. And then in the winter, we were going to stop salads. So we were going to do salads from April to October because we have our hot weather in October. Those two groups said, no, we Mm -hmm. want to continue salads year-round. I said, really? You want taco salad in December when it's raining? So we compromise. We have salads every other week in the winter on Friday and every Friday, April to October. So they like the salads year-round. So how far ahead are you planning these meals? We write a new menu once a month. Um, And like I said, it's not a brand-new menu. It's – but we're trying to avoid that if it's Tuesday, it must be Brussels sprouts. It's – but there are certain things that we can serve – uh, more easily on certain days than others. And we we, inc- we incorporate the produce that's fresh seasonally. And so it it's just easier to rewrite the menu each month. But we tend to follow patterns. We have enchiladas every two weeks because they love enchiladas. But we do green, red, and white alternating. We do meatballs every other week because they love those. But we do sweet and sour Swedish and brown gravy. Um, it's, it's quite a variety. Yeah. Um, Listeners, I hope you ate lunch before this show. <laughs> um, if not, you have some <laughs> inspiring ideas now. Um, so what's different about the holidays? Anything? You talked about a turkey meal for Thanksgiving. Is it always the same meal for Thanksgiving? Or Thanksgiving's always the same. Turkey, mm-hmm. gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing, a vegetable. That changes each year, whatever we're in the mood for. Uh, we have to have a fruit still, so it could be a tangerine or whatever. And then pumpkin pie, dinner roll, gravy, butter, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Do you have more requests and more need for volunteers during the holidays? We're always in need of volunteers. <laughs> but um, I do see more community involvement. Um, I've seen a lot of community um, partners step up. So um, we were talking about Thanksgiving. Um, St. Patrick's School actually decorated 600 brown bags for our seniors. So when they receive their weekend meals, they're going to receive it in a bag that was um, handmade oh. by a student at St. Patrick's School. Um, during Christmas, uh, we have a few organizations that are actually buying personalized gifts for our seniors. Um, Home Instead uh, Healthcare Services is providing 175 gifts to our seniors in Oceano. Um, the Newcomers cl- uh, Club in North County are providing personalized gifts as well for our seniors. They actually put out a survey and ask each senior what they like and what they would like to receive. And so really getting those personalized gifts. Um, so it's great to see um, a lot of those community partners reach out and want to support our seniors. That's great. So um, so we've talked a lot about the home delivery, and I know that's most of your 
clients. Um, what about those who come together and dine together? What's that like? Can you talk about that? Well, each site is different. Um, but I have visited um, a Tascadero in San Luis Obispo, and really what I hear from the seniors in our congregate dining is that they're really there for the relationships. They have their friends, and I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit like high school. Like there's <laughs> certain tables that people sit at and certain groups. Um, and so what I think is really important about the uh, the services that we provide as well is just you know, preventing that isolation that um, older people could maybe um, feel, especially since COVID. And so really drawing them into our, our sites to kind of build those relationships and community is really important. Are there volunteers who sit and eat with them as well? We have volunteers at our dining sites as well. Um, and so they're actually, each dining site, like I said, is a little different, but we actually, the seniors are served. So I've seen in San Luis and Tascadero where um, volunteers or staff, they're actually serving them a plate and preparing a plate for them and serving them. Um, and mm-hmm. I often, when I drop off my empty bags in San Luis, it's really great when Cal Poly's on because you'll see college students sitting with the seniors and chatting, and it's really a cool exchange to see. It's a very intergenerational. And anybody 60 and older who's able to come to our dining site can come. Um, obviously, we'd want to, you want to call first or go online and sign up, but the only requirement is that you're 60 or older. Um, there are some more requirements for a homebound senior, just kind of showing that they're unable to kind of to meet at our dining site. But really, our dining sites are open to anyone 60 and older. So going back to the food for a moment, is it all locally sourced? What are the sources of the food items? Well, we buy from traditional uh, food service like um, U.S. Foods. So we have the big old semi-tractor trailers coming with food. But we do – we are really proud of our relationship with Hayashi's. We get their strawberries. We pick them up at the farm stand ourselves. Um, We have worked with the food bank for years. And during the summer, they have their gleaning program. That kind of – our – the pandemic changed a lot of things, and I don't know if we've had as much of that in the last couple of years, but we would get fresh produce donated through Glean Slow and the food bank. Um, we, But we mainly work with a – that's kind of a misconception. People want to donate food or something. We're talking about 800 meals for one day. We And we are required to plan the menu in advance and serve that menu as close as possible, barring unforeseen circumstances. So, um, But we do mostly have worked with in our fresh produce with places like Hayashi's and the food bank. This is Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. Today I am talking with Laura Kirshner, a volunteer with Meals That Connect Senior Nutrition Program, of San Luis Obispo, 
also Brandy Pewitt, Resource Manager for Meals That Connect Slow, and Wendy Fershneider, Program Dietitian for Meals That Connect Slow. We are talking about how Meals That Connect San Luis Obispo provides more than just good food to San Luis County's San Luis Obispo County seniors, but also good friendships. We still have a little more time for your emailed questions or comments at voices at kcbx.org. So, yes, Wendy. I want to jump in. I neglected one very important local food partner for years, as long as I can remember. Um, we partner with the Jim Brayback Foundation um, at Farm Supply, and they purchase um, animals at both the Mid-State Fair and Santa Barbara County Fair and then um, donate that food to us. So despite being a vegetarian, I for the, our meat eaters, they are getting this amazing meat um, that's uh, grown by local – the animals are raised by local 4-H and FFA students and a lot of it, not – couple hundred pounds, thousands and thousands of pounds. And we cook that fresh fresh from scratch. So it's a huge treat because our normal uh, meat products that we buy are, you know, frozen commercial products. And then we get this amazing pork and beef and, and such. And during the beginning of the pandemic, when restaurants were closed, um, a group purchased fish from the Morro Bay fishermen and donated it to us. And we had this incredible butterfish. We had enough for multiple. We served it every week for the whole summer. Um, I mean, we had deep freezes it was in. But so we have those are important partnerships. Um, the the fair and the Jim Brayback Foundation and um, this group called Slow, like Slow Money Slow. I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They purchased that fish and donated it to us uh, the first summer of the pandemic. Wow. I, too, am vegetarian, but I am impressed. (laughs) I am impressed. So you've touched on this a little bit. Um, I think, Brandy, you did. But there are other senior nutrition programs like Meals That Connect Slow in other cities or counties of California's Central Coast. Um, And have you partnered with them? So we partner locally just with referrals, but I, as Wendy mentioned earlier, and I'm going to defer to her because she's an expert in this, um, there's this funding um, where each area is supposed to provide this, this service. Um, and so there are similar programs. I think in some counties, the county actually administers the program. Mm-hmm. I think it's unusual that it's a nonprofit um, and that we've been able to make that work. Um, but this funding is is throughout the state of California just kind of ran a little different. And I think it's unusual that a nonprofit is um, administering the, the program. And so if someone did want to start a similar program where they live, because there isn't one, um, particularly on the Central Coast, do you have any advice or where should they start? Well, the... The Area Agency on Aging is the the group that gets the money from the state, which comes from the Older Americans Act from Congress, and they have money for programs. They put out an RFP for the program. Um, the other program in our county, the, the Five Cities Meals on Wheels, they are completely independent, so they raise their own money. But if you wanted to work with the federal money, you would contact the Area Agency on Aging, 
But as Brandy mentioned, that funding is not 100% of your cost. It's about a third. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to show how you can raise the other 70% of the cost of providing the program. And if you're getting that federal money, you have to follow all the federal and state rules. So it's a double-edged sword. You get the money, you follow the rules. Um, if you were going to start your own private program, that would be a big a big ask. You'd have to raise the all the revenue through donations or fundraising or be independently wealthy and um, and create a program. And so area uh, of uh, Agency of Aging does provide about 30% of our um, income. But I also want to mention that CENCAL is also a huge supporter of the program as well. And so they usually match our donations to help support uh, the program. So Laura, as a volunteer, what's something you wish you had known before you started volunteering that you would like others who might be thinking of volunteering now, you'd like I them just, to know? I, I wish I had known how easy it is to fit this into my schedule. If I do go out of town because I'm retired, if I do go on a trip, I let them know a week ahead and someone fills in for me. So I still am traveling in my retirement, but I wish I would have known the connections I was going to make, the friends I was going to develop, the stories, the history around San Luis Obispo that I was going to hear about from people in their 90s who are alone maybe all day and I'm the only person that they see. I wish I had known how much I was going to get out of this program. Is there another personal impact that this work has had on you in addition to what you've shared? Well, I I mean, even in my own family, my mother-in-law was in the last stages of lung cancer, and the family was scurrying about trying to keep her in her home, provide her meals and, and visit and let her still be in, independent. And I said, hey, Toadie, how about just like two meals a week, you know? And sure enough, she loved the meals, she loved the food, and she loved having a volunteer come and see her before noon every day. And it, it, made, it made her illness a lot more tolerable. Thank you for sharing that. Brandy, what's the personal impact that Meals That Connect has had on you? For me, I think it's just I'm I'm in my 40s. I have young children, and so I'm just – my mind is about my kids and focusing on, you know, the needs of my children. And then I – this is reminding me about a huge part of our community are our aging community members and why it's so important that – um, we're there to support them and to be there for them because these are the people that cared for us. And so it's nice to be part of kind of giving that back to um, our, the older um, community members. And Wendy, the personal impact for you? Well, for one thing, it's been my entire career. And I that it's kind of ironic when I started this program in another county, when I started with the program, I was 25, and now I'm over 65. So now when I write newsletter articles, I used to write you. Now I write we. So I'm one of them now. I wish I, – I have loved this work. I love visiting the dining rooms. It's 
delivering meals, I can attest to that, the rewarding aspect of that. But the, it's so fun in the dining rooms. Um, and just being a part of something that's making the community better, that's, mm-hmm. that's really rewarding. So to close us out, what do each of you see as the future of Meals That Connect in San Luis Obispo? That is a very good question. <laughs> as we kind of discussed um, today is that our population's aging. More services are going to be needed. Um, we're kind of outgrowing our space. So we know we're going to have to grow. Um, we're going to kind of have to continue to build that community support so that we're able to kind of meet um, the needs of our aging population in our community. I, as I mentioned, uh, that. 40 years ago, the favorite foods of the seniors were different than they are now. 30 years ago, if I said, let's have tabbouleh or gazpacho, it's like, what? <laughs> uh, it was mashed potatoes and gravy. That was it. I think food preferences, being a senior now myself, you know, as we, my cohort ages into really needing this program, our food preferences are going to change, and I hope we can evolve the regulations have become a little more tolerant of that, and so I hope there could be more vegetarian and vegan options and that there will be a wider array of things that meet the needs of the seniors as they age. Well, you've got 13 years until I'm a senior eligible for the program <laughs> <laughs> for vegetarian meals. <laughs> what do you see as the future for volunteers in the program, such as yourself? Well, I just know we need more volunteers. More volunteers, there's more time connecting and, and checking in on our people. And honestly, if anybody's interested in volunteering call me, you know, call Brandy's number and you can ride around with me this Friday and meet some of my wonderful friends that I deliver to. And Goldie too? Oh, and Blondie. Blondie, Blondie, sorry. Blondie will be there too, yes, and she's non-allergic, so. Goldie was the name of my first pet, a fish, a fish, (laughs) goldfish. Sorry, Blondie, Blondie. I want to thank our guests Brandy Pewitt, Wendy Fershneider, and Laura Kirshner of Meals That Connect Senior Nutrition Program of San Luis Obispo County. We've been talking about the organization's history, its current programs, and how a warm meal prepared and served by dedicated volunteers can make a big difference in seniors' lives. I encourage you to find out more at mealsthatconnect.org. As next Thursday is the Thanksgiving holiday, Central Coast Voices will be on break. We wish you a safe and healthy holiday and look forward to returning live on Thursday, November 30th, between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Lada Murti. Thank you for joining us today.